you know, I was thinking about it while I was in the bathroom and the Anastasia and the room are kind of comparable in terms of how scenes are blocked. <laughs> <laughs> they both repeat the same sex scene, right? <laughs> What's weird is I was watching Anastasia. I was like, this might actually make a good live action film. Yeah, this is this is one I wouldn't mind if I think there's a Broadway it. play of it. There is. Probably. Right. Yeah. And it take apparently it takes its subject material a little more seriously. Oh, it actually has her get shot by the revolutionaries. Yep. <laughs> so one scene play. Welcome to Buried Cinema, where we discuss new and lesser-known films in detail, so there will be spoilers. I'm Brian. I'm Tom. I'm Nate. I'm Kevin. I'm Steve. Close enough. (laughs) All right. This podcast was my pick uh, and theme. The theme I chose was, wait, that's not Disney? And my movie... (laughs) Was Anastasia from 1997, directed by Don Bluth, starring Meg Ryan, John Cusack, and Christopher Lloyd. Uh, and Tom had the pairing to go with that, and he chose 1987's The Brave Little Toaster. Uh, we're going to start with Anastasia. Uh, it is roughly the story of the supposed last surviving child of the. Romanov family who had uh, not gotten killed during the Russian Revolution Uh, and it's about someone who is trying to bring her back to her grandmother who's living in Paris has had anyone not seen this before I picked it I've only seen it in pieces so I think I saw all of it but it was just sort of like when the kids watched it all right well then I'll start with you Steve (laughs) oh no (laughs) Starting with Steve on a Brian pick. That's always that's always bold. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I picked him and his response was, oh, no, I think I picked the right person. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I, I, nothing, it just kind of was a generic kind of kids movie. You know, nothing stood out to me. The music was kind of generic. The, you know, the, the funny evil villain sidekick was kind of generic. The story was generic. I just, I didn't. It wasn't bad. There was nothing about it that was bad, but I would put it, you know, in the same level as some of the lesser Disney movies. Like 80s uh, Disney? Well, uh, okay, so what I, you guys are probably going to, Nate Go and Tom probably going to freak out about this, but like Pocahontas, Atlantis. No, no that's uh, fair. Yeah. With Hercules. So late 90s Disney at the same well, time. Well, those like, are the ones it, that, yeah, where they, they kind of came off their renaissance and kind of started making... Kind of generic, not bad, but not great. Cartoons, cartoon movies, animated yeah. movies. I all. don't disagree with you about your statement about those Disney movies. I do disagree <laughs> with putting Anastasia on the level of those movies. Interesting. Yeah. And which is why I said, oh, no, because I, I think it's just something about the movie just doesn't. Uh, there's nothing that grabs my interest beyond being, oh, I could sit down and watch this with my kids. Uh, and the fact that it's Rasputin's a terrifying villain. That was <laughs> something that kind of stood out but there's actually not as much of him in the movie as i remember there being from the pieces i've seen he's actually not in the movie that much 
Yeah, but he is such a terrifying villain that he haunts the film in a lot of ways. And his his death, I always remember his death. I haven't seen this in a long time, but that death where he first like turns into gelatin and, and goo and then, oh, oh my goodness. Skeleton shaking the ground. It's terrifying. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. In a G-rated kids movie. <laughs> I must have looked away for that like two seconds that that happened because I don't remember it and I literally just watched it. Um, <laughs> you got to think of the audience though watching this. You know, you're you're talking kids from five to twelve is probably their right. target demographic. I don't think they're going to put that much stock in that scene. Well, ninety-seven Nate would have been eleven, twelve years old. So. Yeah, yeah, that would have been the time that I was. Yeah, and you were mm-hmm. scarred. Like you remember that scene? I wouldn't say I was scarred, but that scene always stuck out to me. That uh, his death scene for Anastasia, I was always like. Whoa! Okay. Oh, wait, are, you, are you talking about? I the almost never remembered anything else but the movie. Yeah, yeah the ending. Oh, 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 yeah. He was already not, not his first death scene. Okay. Not his first <laughs> death true. scene where he just drowns. Yeah, um, the ending death scene where he yeah turns into a skeleton and then it's all like I don't know how to describe it. How do we describe his death? I don't know. Well, it's it's very reminiscent of what happened when he sold his soul to mm-hmm. get the the thing. You know, his entire humanness his skin and muscle were all pulled from him and became a skeleton and then his body eventually came back which was was odd but you know it is what it is yeah i love his his bits with bartok in like his purgatory and places like that where his body parts keep falling off i think that that stuff's wonderful or the really weird scene where he pulls his head into his own stomach and they have bartok like walking down his spine to talk to him Yeah, Some of that the, stuff. That's is, the scene that I remember clearly that stuck out to me. Yeah, that stuff is kind of crazy. I'm 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 with Steve a little bit that this feels it feels slightly I, I don't want to say paint by numbers, but it does feel like they're doing a Disney impression. They're trying to follow that yeah. style, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, that's what animated musicals are kind of supposed to be. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you look at it this way. What do they have? They have the song with all the villagers singing it. Yes, they've at got the beginning the, to open it up. They've got yeah. the Who Am I Princess song. Mm-hmm. got the villain song. They've got the reprisal of the Who Am I Princess song, but it's actually now she's figured out who she was. But I will say, comparing this to some of the other stuff that like Don Bluth put out, I think this is uh, leaps and bounds better than like, I mean, we did an American Tale on this podcast, remember? And we kind of, mm-hmm. uh, for those of you who don't know, we completely trashed yeah, it. This is a lot better than that. Oh, this oh, yeah, is so much better. Because, yeah. you know, this is finished. Um, <laughs> I meant to say that's a lot better than this. Sorry. I would agree with Tom in that statement. Yes, I would have said I got my better. pronouns backwards. I would say American Tale is better than this for sure. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. oh no. Yeah, no. I disagree. I'd be on the, the music is probably better. The music is more memorable. The animation's no. better. Yeah. The, this struggles with the fact that it's on the cusp after uh, Beauty and the Beast. They were doing half the, CGI the, the, with the half. Yeah, and the, ben- the benefit of American Tale compared to this movie, and th- this is why I say American Tale is better. The Don Bluth style of animation, especially with speaking, is way better done on animals than it is on people. Yes, I'll yes. agree with that. It's weird. It's uh, especially so wa- opening scenes. So watching these people talk, it just looks off. Watching yeah. them sing, it doesn't look right. When you see it with an animal. It's not as bad. Yeah. And the CGI does not blend well with the hand drawn. It does not. It's it's very clear that it doesn't blend well. 
Um, so there's technical stuff, but I also wonder if that technical Especially stuff... Especially six years after Beauty and the Beast, by this point. Right. Yeah. It should. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, why don't you talk a little bit more? So I... <laughs> Even about the movie, if you want. <laughs> I'm, oh, okay, I was going to talk about the shopping experience I had today. Um, <laughs> I can't remember if I started watching this before or after Dylan was born. And the reason I say that is Kathy and I were watching Disney movies in the theater long before we had kids. And right. we were, you know, one of a handful of adults that didn't have children that still went to the theater to watch it. Now, I don't think I saw this in the theaters, but... I know for a long time, Kathy and I would quote lines from this movie to each other as they were appropriate. Um, the <laughs> the bat. Um, Bartok. 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 Yeah. Um, he has this one line where he's talking about, he's trying to convince Rasputin that, yes, he's evil. And he's like, and I kick her, sir. And it's <laughs> things like that. He's been, Hank Azaria is fantastic. Yeah, oh, I, I love Hank Azaria. So yeah. I, I have a personal connection to the movie. That being said, I kind of agree with Stephen's point that I would put it on the same level as, as the movies that you mentioned. And I have a side question. Tom, do you think this is better or worse than those? He thinks uh, it's worse than the Worse. Okay. Interesting. Stephen, Kevin, you guys both have kids. Um, did you ever watch this with them? Oh, did they enjoy yes. this? Like, what's their feeling on Anastasia? Oh, they love this movie. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, and that's the only reason I've seen this is because... I just kind of sat there while they were watching it and I'd seen pieces of it, probably the entire movie, probably several times, but I've never sat down and watched it from beginning to end. Yeah. And Courtney loves musicals and things like that. So this, she definitely enjoys this movie. Um, but it's, it's a kid's movie where their expectations are a lot lower. So, and it, and it, it works very well for them. Um, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I wouldn't say it's a great movie, but I have a good experience with it. I feel the same way. It's got some weird bits, like why, and the ending on bar talk, which is very a sign of you're you're playing to the kids, even mm. though he's in some ways kind of the best parts of the movie. Oh, and the sexy bat shows up, and the sexy bat shows up <laughs> for no reason at, at the gets, end. He gets rewarded for being a villain. Yeah. yeah. Does he do anything to help? Uh, does he have a change of heart? No. It, it no. seemed like it seemed like halfway. It seemed yeah, like halfway through the halfway through the movie, they realized, you know, Bartok really is a villain. We're going to have him at the end just kind of wash his hands of Rasputin <laughs> and walk away, and that's okay. I know he's cute and he's funny, but he's the one, like, he's actively trying to bring Rasputin back, and he knows what <laughs> Rasputin's going to do when that happens. Yeah, yeah. He is the motivating force behind the villainy. Yeah, part of the problem... And he gets rewarded with Sexy Bat at the end. Sexy Bat, good for him. I mean, this teaches us that, you know, we should we should kill more princesses. <laughs> she's, a, she's a grand duchess. She's a grand that's right. He, he's <laughs> too cute and funny to be bad, though. That's not possible. Yeah, yeah. It's and, that's and that's, the, yeah. It follows a kid film sort of logic, and it doesn't... It doesn't... Unfortunately, we've kind of been around for the age of Pixar for too long where they make films that are also technically pristine, really impressive and carry these deep themes and are for adults, you know, and this was, this was clearly for kids. The, the music just bounces from moment to moment. It completely, like I was laughing a lot about, 
it completely just, which who cares, but it completely ignores the history of the Russian Revolution where they're like, I guess it was Rasputin that made the people angry at the royalty. No, you no, know? it was just Rasputin's little, like, glowing green gremlins. That His glowing green gremlins. Up, that opened up the uh, the gates. The gates. They were already yeah. mad for some reason. They, uh, and who knows, and who knows. And put the guns in the hands of the Soviets. Yes. Right, it completely glosses over this really complex history too. moment. Yeah. But these are these are the weaknesses of kind of of this genre of a kids film. And if we weren't they're not as concerned with the technical aspects, we notice those plot those faults, but I don't it's, think a kid would. It's the weakness of taking a historical event, uh, a a pretty terrible historical event and trying to turn it into a Disney princess movie. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't have a problem with setting a fairy tale in a historical setting, but I think the to the extent with which they muddy the history in this movie is pretty irresponsible, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I mean, when did this come out? 97. Yeah. So yeah. The, the history wasn't as definite then it is as it is now. Like, they found her remains since then. They've done DNA tests. It wasn't but it's just really... It's just really strange. Like you, you could like have it was set still this a mystery at that point. You know what I mean? That, that's fine. I, that, I, that's not what I have a problem with. You could set the tale without being like, oh, it's these little green glowing goblins are the reason that grown right. adult men stormed the palace and shot children. Uh, that's kind of what I'm getting. At. You can okay. show how corrupt the Romanovs were. Why there were factions moving towards. Um, yeah, it's this like, revolution. How yeah. did we the Reds we versus lose, the Whites? Yeah, it's it's the Gone with the Wind thing. It's how did we lose this pristine fairy tale palace setting? The problem to do that is you have to, in some way, show characters like people like Lenin and communist Russia as these poor, beaten yeah, down and, revolutionaries. And, I'm not saying they have to and America's for, not going to do that. I don't. I don't think know? they have to do that for yeah. an animated movie. I just think yeah. it's weird that they go right from the royal family being shot and then there's like a pan up and then there's like this happy music and Anastasia's on the <laughs> title Anastasia's on the screen. It's like, what the hell? Like that, it's like whiplash. Going sure, for, for somebody that who dark. knows the history, but for a kid. You don't even have to know the history. Just yeah. going from such a dark scene and then doing like the, the usual like, you know, happy music across the title trope <laughs> was really strange. It is, it is. It's very strange. But this whole movie's like that, so. so. Tom, do you have more you'd like to say? Oh, I do. Yeah, um, <laughs> go right ahead. I, I'm I'm trying to stifle myself a little because I don't want to I don't want to monopolize the conversation. Um, I have a feeling you're going to say some of the things that I would say. So go right ahead. I just don't have much to say about this movie because well, I, I could I know. could write a dissertation on this movie. <laughs> I, just, I, <laughs> I feel like there's not that much there to talk about. It's a silly little kids movie. Like it's this is, no. this is a throwaway film for me. Like you were talking about. Like, why does the entire supporting cast, why do they all get forced into these bad Russian accents? Except for John Cusack. Except for Cusack and Meg Ryan. Oh, they, yeah. yeah. No, that's true. Bad <laughs> Russian accents. From otherwise decent actors. Yeah. yeah. Angela Lansbury, Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, she has to sing with a Russian accent. Oh, that was awful. Um, <laughs> Bernadette Peters at least finds her usual sort of over-the-top voice there. Yeah. Bernadette Peters' character is actually the only character in this movie that I actually like. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. Bartok's kind of funny, but is problematic, like I was already saying. The only thing I really genuinely like about this movie is, this. I think, first of all, I think the musical score is fantastic. Um, it's David Newman. 
Um, I think the songs are, some of them I really love and I have loved since the 90s. I think most of them are kind of forgettable, but I think they could be more memorable if any one of the songs was playing over a good scene and they don't. <laughs> Every musical number in this is so uninspired. It, they're all staged poorly. Like it's almost like they weren't, like if they were shooting this as a live action film, it's the same thing as if a director didn't know where to put his actors. I, I think if I'm gonna, I'm gonna say which one was the best sh- shot yeah. of all the musical numbers would be the one where she's having her uh, nightmare fantasy of all the ghost people dancing. Yeah, of, I, of, of her remembering like her past life. I would say Rasputin's uh, "I'm Gonna Get You" song. No, like, that yeah. moment is no. I love that moment. That is such a lame ripoff of the "Be Prepared" song. Well, we can talk about lame stuff with the no, toaster can. music, but um, well, we can <laughs> talk sure about we lame ripoffs of Lion King songs and yeah, all the live long day now. If anybody else saw the remake, no, no I didn't see that. Why? I just watched. I yeah. I will say this. I instead of seeing the remake of the Lion King, I just watched like the Lion King. Um, <laughs> and one thing, one thing is like, um, and my wife actually mentioned this. She was like. We'd watch the Brave Little Toaster and then we watched Anastasia and she did say that she's like, you know what? One thing about Disney, at least they have good scripts. And she was she's totally right. Yeah. Like like it, it's it, dialogue we, we kind of have terrible. high standards. It just kind of bounces around. It moves from moment to moment. It's not a great film, but I love the vitriol you're spewing, Tom. It's, it's but it's it's just so strange. With an animated film, it takes so much preparation to know where things are gonna be in the shot. Yeah. That I don't know how a movie especially with a $150 million budget or whatever this had, a big budget animated film could have shots that look so haphazard. People like, didn't used to care, and kids don't care. That's why they do it. You can't it. They say can that. This is 1997. Together. Yeah. This is after Beauty and the Beast. This is after The Lion King. Uh, yeah, and they and there was, I mean, there was a cream of the crop, but there was also like, I mean, this kind of stuff just got released, and it it kids are not looking at things that tightly. They just want to see it come together and the boy and the girl run away. shit. <laughs> well, that's why it's especially yeah. you know this is pre-Pixar, so and Pixar even now changed the game yeah. when it comes to animation. This is two years after Toy Story. Yeah, but that was the beginning. Like Toy Story they made, they made one movie, right? Yeah, they hadn't cha- they kind of revolutionized animation, but they hadn't changed the way people thought about animated movies yet. Where, it's also oh, yeah. It's also sixty years after Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I mean, Disney's been doing this forever, and other studios have been trying to imitate it. And I'm saying that for, and I looked on Rotten Tomatoes. This has a high rating with critics. People love this. Yeah, people think this is a very good. And film. it doesn't earn it. It's it's one of the most uninspired animated films I've ever seen. That <laughs> is actually beloved. I don't get it. Anyway, I hated John Cusack in this movie. I was watching this in headphones, so it was like he was whispering in my ear all the time, and it was driving me nuts. Um, the only performance I re- actually enjoyed in this is Meg Ryan's, as far as the main cast goes, because I thought that Liz Calloway, who does her singing voice, is a great singer. So anytime she was singing, I was enjoying it. But other than that, I hated this movie. I won't say I hated it, but I definitely, like, to say that it's on par with movies like Hercules and Pocahontas, I think is way too high praise for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I didn't like Hercules or Pocahontas, and, yeah. and I thought they were in a different class, a lower class than the other films coming out at those times. 
Yeah, I'd put this around the same level as Hercules and Pocahontas. I really would. I mean, think about how much Pocahontas just brushes over history. I'd put it has the same problems, the same sort of kitschy little like goofy raccoons and stuff I mean, like if that. If we're talking story yeah. problems, then yeah, for sure. Yeah. But uh, in terms of technical technical ability, this movie is nowhere close to those two. That's fair. Disney's a lot more polished in that aspect. Yeah. Pocahontas looks like somebody actually thought about what they were shooting before they shot it. Don Bluth made more polished movies like in the early 90s and in the 80s than this movie. Yes. What else did he do besides this? That I mean, he was always the guy trying to fight to be the other Disney. I mean, Secret of Nim. Yeah, but he never he never got the balance that Disney did between cute and scary. No, that's true. For some reason, in his films, the cuteness and the scariness are just so at odds with each other. Like I would say that Rockadoodle had a bet ha- was more was was better animated. Oh, don't than get this. Tom started on Rockadoodle. I would say it's better animated <laughs> yeah, than this movie. I've never seen Best it. animated movie ever made. I've he, never seen Rockadoodle. I have no opinion on it. So let's see. He did Secret of Nim, American Tale, both of them. I think Land Before Time. Land Before Time. Uh, all, all dogs, dogs go, go to heaven. heaven. I mean, and and the Dragon's Lair uh, video games. Which are actually relatively well animated as well for what they are. This is Uh the first film he did not do independently since leaving Disney. This is the first. Those are all through his his own company. This he did for Fox. Right. Which Disney now owns. (laughs) It's come full circle. They've bought them. Does anyone else want to say anything about Anastasia before we move on to grades? No. No. Okay. Steve. I think it's a C. Kevin. Give it a B. Nate. I'd give it a C as well. Yeah. Tom. Giving it a D, and that's only because I like the music and some of the songs. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to give it a D as well. I, wow. I yeah, I I I noticed I, I like the music. It's probably a higher D than Tom's is, but uh, you know, I liked part of the music the music, but I I personally found Bartok annoying. I found a lot of the side characters annoying, borderline unnecessary, and I felt that the animation was very weak. Well, with uh, two C's, two D's, and a B, that gives Anastasia a C, which is, uh, by our ranking, a Cyclops from X-Men. Kind of a C, a C superhero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't hate him, but... Right, when we ask what superhero do you call us all this problem, nobody is saying Cyclops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nobody. Everybody hates him for no good reason. Yeah, there, really, there really isn't a good reason to hate <laughs> senior laser eyes over there, but... <laughs> They're not lasers. They're concussive <laughs> beams. They're co- concussive beams from another dimension. I just That's why we t- hate him. There we go. Found it out. Because he just won't say that go. they're lasers. Because <laughs> so, he's the superhero equivalent of like a grammar Nazi. That's why we don't. <laughs> it's not even him that says that. It's it's, it's people who want to be purists. You're um, about me. I was, I was just making fun of people online. I yeah, know. I know. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't talking about you specifically. No, no, but it's it's that argument where you're like, just call them lasers. It's it's red concussive beams, whatever. They're lasers. <laughs> Eyes open portals to another dimension where concussive blasts that are red fire out of his eyes. Has anyone ever asked like what the hell is going on in that dimension? That almost <laughs> almost identically resemble lasers. Worst dimension ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Yeah, we're getting there. So let's move on to Flickchart. <laughs> Flickchart, for those of you who do not know, is a website where you rank movies against each other and create a list of your favorite movies. It's way better done by yourself than it is in a group, but we will continue <laughs> it going anyway. All right, so we'll move, add Anastasia to our flick chart. The first movie up is Anastasia versus Fist of Legend. Fist of Legend. Fist of Legend. Yeah, Fist of Legend. Tell me Fist of Legend and Man of Steel are side by side at our chart. As it should be. No. <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't mean that. Fist of Legend. I just rewatched that too recently, and I That's love so that good. scene where they're going through the different fighting styles. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's great. Speaking of movies where people go through different fighting styles, Anastasia or John Wick Chapter 2? John, John Wick. Wick. John, John Wick. Wick. Yeah. John Wick wins. Anastasia or The Room? The Room. The Room's funnier. It is, but... <laughs> it is, but Anastasia's a better movie. Yeah, Anastasia. Oh, wait a minute. The Room, not Not Room. room. Oh, not the room. room. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, Anastasia. Yeah. I'm changing my... <laughs> I mean, I would rather watch The Room, but... Anastasia, I guess. Oh, well, I'm going to be the only one. The Room, but Anastasia wins. Brian giving the moral vote to The Room. I That's really thought I was going to be the only one that was lukewarm on this movie. I thought everybody else was going to be like, it's great. No, it's I okay have not liked this movie since I saw it in the 90s. Wow. And I thought maybe I just was remembering it. You know, I was like, that's eh, probably not as bad as I thought. Yeah. And I hate it more now. Huh. <laughs> I still love the songs that I loved, but I, I have very specific, I have more specific reasons now why <laughs> I think this is a bad movie than I did when I was like seventeen. Anastasia or DOA, Dead or Alive. Oh, DOA. 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 Yeah, the worst Junk January pick ever. <laughs> because it was the best. Because it was the best. <laughs> yeah, DOA. Oh yeah. DOA wins. Yeah, DOA. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about uh, this one. It was fun. Anastasia or due date? Due date. Due date. Due date. Anastasia. Wow, Tom, you hate due date. Yeah. Due date. Wins. Anastasia or the Expendables? Anastasia. I I would go the Expendables. Expendables. It's not good, but I it knows it. it's pulpy and yeah, and embraces it. And, Anastasia. Yeah. Expendables is awful. Expendables isn't as aware of itself as it thinks it is. No, and that's part of the problem with the first movie is that it thinks itself aware and it's really not. But it's, it's also bad enjoyable. action. Yeah, it's I, bad action. I enjoyed it with that many action stars. Like I, I totally get all the problems that Tom is bringing up, but I, I give unfortunately like kids movies a bit of a pass. But an action movie with that many people should have had decent action scenes. And instead, they put Jet Li in the back of a car and had Dolph Lundgren be able to beat him up. You know? Uh, the Expendables wins. Uh, Anastasia or Dogtooth? Dogtooth. Dogtooth. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever Kevin thinks about the movie Dogtooth, it just becomes a disco his, in his head. That's his Sylvester Stallone call. And he's like, I heard you guys talk about the movie again. <laughs> Uh, Anastasia. I don't have a good Sylvester Stallone. Also, that's fairly decent. That wasn't too bad. Yeah. 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 Kind of slur your words. Yeah. Close an eye. Right now, I've got two for Dogtooth, one for Anastasia. 
I think I'm waiting on. I'm going Dogtooth. I hate Dogtooth. Anastasia. Dogtooth wins. Uh, Anastasia is number 524 on our flick chart out of 645 movies. We're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about Tom's pairing the Brave Little Toaster. Okay, so I had the pairing with Brian's... Wait, that's not Disney? Theme. Um, And the reason I came to this decision is because of a BuzzFeed article um, of movies that weren't Disney. And this film that I've chosen, that I grew up watching as a child, was on that list. And it was The Brave Little Toaster. And I said, wait, that was Disney. And then I read about it and I was like, oh, no, it wasn't. So I picked The Brave Little Toaster. This is from 1987. It is tangentially a Disney film in terms of being bought and marketed as such somewhat. But Anastasia feels much more like a Disney movie than this does. Oh, yeah. God only knows what sure, this Sure, in terms is. of its, yeah, it's a princess <laughs> yeah. film and all that. Brave Little Toast is a very strange movie. Yeah. Um, based was on... Was released in theaters? Because it was nominated for an Emmy. The like answer I'm... to almost every question is yes and no. <laughs> I'm going to try and go through its very confusing history real quick. Um, it was a novella by Thomas Dish in the early 80s. And Disney had kind of picked up the option to make it into a film, which John Lasseter, who went on to found Pixar, was steal this movie, basically, (laughs) was sort of shepherding. Um, But then Disney fired him. And most of the people who were working on pre-production for this film went on to Hyperion, which is basically known for making really low-budget kid stuff. Um, so Brave Little Toaster was actually produced by Hyperion, as well as the Kushner Lock Company, which is notorious on this podcast for producing Freeway, the most beloved film I've ever chosen. <laughs> a film that is so bad, Flickchart will not let us remove it. <laughs> nope, it's one above Hobo with a Shotgun at this yeah. point. Um, Kushner Lock Company, known for Freeway, and also a lot of softcore porn. Uh but mostly the brave little toaster. <laughs> hey, now that other comment makes oh, sense. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, uh, this actually strangely debuted at Sundance, um, and huh. then there was there was sort of a not really bidding war, but kind of a bidding war between a couple companies. One wanted to release it theatrically. One wanted to do it with television. The one that wanted to release it theatrically backed out. It did get a limited theatrical release i think in certain parts of the country so it's got kind of got a really strange release history but rights i believe are now owned by probably by somebody that disney bought yeah disney bought whatever which isn't surprising but disney bought whatever company had the rights to this so um they never they've never released a like digital format yeah right right yeah so this is sort of a (laughs) beloved 80s film for a very I don't know if choice demographics is the right term I want to use, but there there's a you know a certain demographic demographic of people that know this film from their childhood. But it's not really a well-known film. It's it's about a bunch of appliances that can talk. 
And uh, I'll just say right off the bat that the plot makes no sense at all. But it is about a toaster, a vacuum cleaner, a lamp, a radio, and an electric blanket who are wondering what happened to the master. (laughs) Maybe he went to California. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Who had seen this before? I've I've seen it many times. Yeah. Yeah. Never saw it. Never saw it. Oh, wow. Kevin, Kevin, this is his first experience watching The Brave Little Toaster. And last. I can't imagine going. I, I can't imagine going into this without the nostalgia boost. Yeah, I'm really curious. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine going into this like thinking you have to consider this from any sort of a critical. So I'm actually, I'm actually not going to start with Kevin because I want him to listen to some people who do have nostalgia talk about this. I'm actually going to start with Brian. Say, I can only speak of this from nostalgia because I didn't rewatch it. So, so when was uh, the last time you had seen this? Uh, probably within the last 10 years. Okay, because for me, it had been probably not since the mid-90s, at least. I, I think I saw it at some point in the last 10 years. I think it was on Netflix, so I watched it. So, let me just try and, like, tell the story just so I can, uh, uh, remember what it is. They're, they start off, like, in, like, a, 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 a wood cabin, right? Like, a, a yep. summer lake house or something like that. Yeah, like a um, vacation cottage. Yep. Does that catch on fire? No. No. Okay. Just there is a, there is a fire at some point. It is. That is a dream sequence. That's a dream sequence. Okay. <laughs> so they leave. The, okay. They leave the cabin because he's going to college, no. uh, and he doesn't bring them. Yes. No. 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 So this is this is the this is why I'm saying the plot makes no sense. Okay. These appliances have been alone in this house for probably years at this point. Right. Based on murdering the other appliances. Based on only That's the only conclusion I came to. Because some of the other appliances are not alive. And we know they kill the air conditioner. So I'm convinced that the brave little toaster has been slowly, systematically murdering every appliance in this cabin. That would explain the lifeless refrigerator. (laughs) Yeah, Um, exactly. Which they just play in. Oh no, they've gosh. been they've been alone in this house for years based on contextual clues. Um, they all miss the master, who was a little boy who apparently used to play with all of them, including a toaster. Um, <laughs> he would make fa- he'd make faces at the toaster, and that's yeah, how the toaster would yeah, make toast. It made it made more sense later in the film. It did. Um, yeah. They decide to go to the city to find the master. Somehow they know he lives in the city. Sure, let's just accept that. Yeah. They go to find the master, who at this point is graduated from high school and heading off to college. So it had been probably a decade since they'd seen him. Now, the master, whose real name is uh, Rob, is telling his girlfriend about this cottage, and he says, we've gone there every summer for as long as I can remember. (laughs) Except Except he's clearly not been there for a decade. And then as he's going off to college, he's saying, Mom, I'm going to drive out to the cottage and grab all those old appliances and take them with me to college. It just doesn't make any sense. So, Brian. Okay, thank you. So they, they end up going to the city. They don't find him initially. They end up in an appliance store, yes? Yeah. Um, and it's all new, new stuff. No. Just tell- no. no, it's a scrap appliance store. They, yeah, scrap they, appliance end up in, store. they end up in a second-hand, a second-hand appliance store on the way to the city. Once they get to the city... The new appliances try to murder them by pushing them out the window where they get taken to a junkyard. 
See this whole murder thing? Appliances murder each other. I'm telling you. <laughs> so, th- th- so what you're telling me is that this is just the later version of Toy Story and Toy Story 3 mashed together. Exactly. Got it. Okay. it totally is. Yeah. Sid's right. growing up and he this, now this... runs an appliance repair shop. Yep. I, I forgot <laughs> to mention that part. This this is kind of a proto Pixar movie because it part of the creative team was John Lasseter and Joe Ranft who went on to found Pixar. So and they realized makes, that kids play with toys and not toasters. That makes a whole lot of sense with why the lamp just curb stomps the eye in Pixar. Yeah. <laughs> At the beginning of every movie. <laughs> see? Do you see? This is not a conspiracy theory. It's just come full circle. Yeah. I think about it. One of the first scenes, what they do is this, this toaster convinces an air conditioner to kill itself. That is what they do. Yeah, that they pretty much do browbeat that air conditioner into death. It's horrifying. And it then, so- actually, I t- hang on, I took notes. Um, <laughs> these are the two lines immediately after the air conditioner explodes and dies. The lamp says, I didn't know he'd take it so hard. And then the vacuum cleaner <laughs> says, he was a jerk anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he yeah. comes back to life later. That's right, he does fix it. Yeah, no big deal. But there are other machines in this that, like, intentionally commit suicide. Yes. 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 And that's another <laughs> In thing. In horrifying um, ways. There was a lot of talk about taking out the scene where the car willfully jumps onto the conveyor belt to go into the crusher. Yeah. And the nightmare scene involving the clown where the toaster is dangling over a tub full of water. Yeah. But they left him in. Inexplicably. Anyway, this yeah. is a very dark movie. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah. So I'm just, try- I'm just trying to remember because I remember there being like. I remember there being scary things in this movie, and I'm really, I'm just like I can't remember all of them. I do remember the fire scene with the with the clown. I remember John Lovitz is amazing in this movie uh, as the radio. Um, mm-hmm. I I enjoyed him as a character, and then talks about Roosevelt a lot. Yeah. The, the 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 musical number at the junkyard is one of my favorite musical numbers in an animated movie of all time. Really? Yes. Are they talking about how every, how we're all worthless and we should yes. be killed? And yeah. I'm the gonna name willingly of the song is worthless, death. yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're all being fed into a crusher, which I didn't know this until today. That whole, every car in that scene is voiced by pretty much rock royalty. Oh, really? Um, yep. Uh, Don Henley from the Eagles plays one. Billy Idol plays one. Huh. Uh, Ted Nugent plays one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Young... Alana Miles plays one of the uh, appliances in the apartment. Wow. Uh, and, and then I, I, I think I remember some form, like, I think I remember the TV, like, following them around for a little while. The TV is one of their friends who, and you'd only know this for knowing the book, is taken back and forth between the vacation cottage and the apartment in the city. So that's why he's in the apartment and not the cottage. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I remember really loving this movie. Um, and I'm a little upset that I didn't get to watch it again. But I, I'm sure there's parts of it that you know don't age well. Probably not to the extent of movies like Fern Gully and All Dogs Go to Heaven. But I remember, you know, it's it's still like a group of friends trying to. They're basically a group of friends going on an epic adventure, and they all just happen to be appliances that can move and and do whatever they need to do without electricity uh, for whatever reason uh um, when they do 
Yeah, because it's just there's this whole plot point about they can't leave because the vacuum cleaner who's going to pull them the whole way, his plug pops out of the wall. They can't go any farther. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they're all like dancing around the house unplugged and it's just so weird. So they have to plug them into like a car battery. I'm sure they did all the electrical engineering required to make that work. Yeah, taking a 12 yeah. volt battery and plugging in a 110 volt yeah. Uh, <laughs> vacuum. Yeah. And they all go into the river and come out okay. It's fine. <laughs> well, Brian, based on your memory of this film, you have still have positive feelings toward it. Yeah, and I, I, I remember uh, when I had last watched it, which I actually think was probably within the last five years, I, I remember enjoying it, even if it was, you know, dated for a number of reasons. But I, I think I'm pretty sure that animations-wise, voice acting-wise, for the most part, it was all pretty good. But I would dispute the animation part of it. <laughs> the animation hey, Steve. was terrible, um, at least from what I remembered. I, I, I haven't seen this since I was a kid. Did you rewatch it? I did rewatch oh, okay. it this morning, actually, and the animation was awful, from what I remembered. I mean, it probably decent for the time, but no more than decent. It wasn't. It's not up to the standards of a Disney movie. It's no. It's like a really, really well animated Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, but I mean, it does have so barring that and the absurdity of the story itself. I mean, Toy Story is an absurd story. It's a little better put together, but. It's still an absurd it's a story. Lot better so, put together. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but this movie has like does some things that really this is kind of the proto Pixar movie. This is exactly what Pixar movies are. You take thing like things, you give them emotions, and you add dark things that usually kids aren't supposed to be able to handle, and you try to explain that to kids. And this movie doesn't do that very well, but it does yeah. do that. And It has no desire to explain. Nothing <laughs> Nothing I could think of it did that kind of thing before this. I always thought of Toy Story as the first one to do that. And it's really mm. this. You know, Toy Story just does it better. It's like John Lasseter said, huh, I could do this a little bit better. You know, I made Toy Story. But there are also With things Joe in this. With Joe Ramp to co-write yeah. this movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's also things in this that, like the the air conditioner line, where he's like, you can suck me to death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the vacuum. And you could say, well, it's a vacuum. and But an adult wrote that line. Yeah. They knew exactly what that line meant, even if the kids didn't. So, they put it in a kid's movie. And they oh, put yeah. it in a kid's movie. That line is funny. Uh, well, interestingly, they didn't. They didn't actually, according to interviews, they didn't make this for kids. Yeah, I saw that. But then it went and got a G rating and was marketed to kids. Mm-hmm. So it um, makes no sense of like who who they made this movie for. This movie is so it's so strange. It's so yeah. slapdash. The events just kind of happen. The stuff that they approach in this film, I wouldn't really say they explain or deal with it. I mean that dream sequence where he is a toaster is like hanging over the tub, right? And the song Worthless and uh, there's a lot of disturbing images and a lot of disturbing thoughts of murder and suicide and these things. And they aren't really addressed. They're just included. Yeah. So it's, and, and the dialogue is bizarre. I'll agree with Brian with the exception of Lovitz, who his stuff seems to be like punchy and that might just be a performance thing. The rest of it is kind of strange. 
we're supposed to buy that a kid is playing with appliances that he loves yeah, them that's a weird premise to get past but yeah it's a really i mean he, he's premise. he's he's clearly grown up to be handy with tools right and, and is able to tinker and fix things and that's probably what he was doing as a kid that's true. Taking things apart and trying to put it back together. Yeah, maybe. But they, have, for they have another character who does that who, you know, is a terrifying monster. Yeah. Right? yeah it's, 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 uh, <laughs> I do not remember yeah. that whole B-movie song. I don't remember that at all. So strange. So much of this movie is I strange. It. Which it doesn't fit together. I See, this is an interesting. This is going to be a strange contrast for me to say with Anastasia. Right. I don't um, get how you could... You're this, you're not going to have consistency here. <laughs> well, if you'll let me finish my thought, I will. Maybe <laughs> I think Anastasia has better songs, but I think this film has more interesting scenes around those songs. That's all I was going to say. But the scenes don't make sense cohesively. I like that. I like that B movie scene, even though I don't think it's a very good song. You just I think, think I think the worst song in this movie actually is uh, the Cutting Edge song, and that's only because that is the scene and song that really dates this movie. True, yeah. But I still find it interesting. The Cutting Edge song? Which song is that? In the apartment when all the new Cutting Edge appliances oh, are singing oh, about how yeah. great they are. Oh, yeah, because it sounds all like Devo. It sounds like a Devo song, and it's like this touch-tone phone is singing about how amazing it is. <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah. like it's not terrible. It's just it's just funny. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's not really a thread in this movie that I can follow, though, which is part of, I know, what people find endearing, but... It's more of an episodic kind of thing. It's not, you know, I mean, they could have easily turned this into a series of episodes, you know. It actually was shown in some theaters as a serial. Yeah, so that that way each scene is really more of a complete episode. So I thought that I was going to hear a lot more positive nostalgic experiences from this, just based on your conversations. Well, the nostalgia is positive. The (laughs) revisiting of the nostalgia is you know iffy <laughs> i still have positive feelings attached to this film in a way that i didn't after watching an american tale so okay yeah and that's kind of the that was the expectation i had based on other cases where you know we, we've had movies that clearly didn't stand the test of time and and we've upon rewatch didn't like or there have been some that you're like you know what i don't care if it's shit i still like it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this didn't seem to fall into the latter category you know in, in general it didn't hold up I, I've known of this movie for a very long time. Uh, for whatever reason, just never watched it. I can't even say I have little memory clips of scenes of this. Honestly, this was, all of this was brand new to me. Really? I would imagine at some age, younger than a certain age, a lot of the, the details would just be lost. And yeah. you, you just love the animation. Or, or not the animation, sorry. You love the story. You love the idea sure. of the story. Sure. Yeah. Um, I would say once you get to the age of about eight, you're going to start to look at some of this stuff and go, what the hell just happened? <laughs> oh, I wasn't allowed to talk like that when I was eight, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, I wouldn't have said hell. Um, I would have looked around the room and then said hell. But anyway, it, this, this, was, this is a bad movie. If especially, especially if it wasn't originally marketed or made for kids. It, or rather, for adults, I'm, I'm trying. I lost now. If this was made for kids, this is a horrible movie. Yeah, I, I give it a slight pass 
if it was made for adults because then yeah the the toaster having the nightmare of going into the bathtub this this demonic flaming air conditioner in the wall just some of the random stuff in this movie i was like wow yeah um i'm glad i've seen it now i can (laughs) warn people about not going to see it don't let their children see it if they say, oh, I love this movie when I was a kid, I'm going to tell them, watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if I don't like this person. Go watch it again. <laughs> this, yeah, I just, aside from, like, Tom, you said the fact that some of the appliances work when they're unplugged and some don't. I, they're, they're wandering through the um, thickets. I don't know what it was. The underbrush, whatever. Oh, yeah. On some meandering path. Why the hell didn't they go straight? How is the vacuum not getting filled and having to puke out its bag every five feet? I it think. does. Well, it may have done it once or twice, but I just remember there's one. A of... scene, there's a scene where it goes behind a tree Did that really? to relieve itself. Okay. I, I must have missed that. that yeah. Yeah, yeah, that happens. Okay. <laughs> it occurs. So, it's right. got to be a really good vacuum cleaner. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's What's just... a Kirby? Right. I, I, I like the idea of the story and, yeah. and we talked about okay yeah we could see this morphing into toy story that's fine yeah but holy crap this movie sucks it's sort of like, it's the it's like the toy story rough draft <laughs> so this is a tor- yeah, but you toy don't story your rough like, draft but they this, did this is like the high school english paper version of toy story yes yeah yeah you're like oh there's potential there in five years yeah <laughs> i think for a low budget company this is pretty good actually for for a low budget company I could I could give them I'd say okay fine on the animation um, but there's just some stuff that it it doesn't hold throughout the movie and it's like they didn't do a second yeah. edit or something I don't know plot and character development is free so I I don't agree with you there Tom I mean I, the the animation sure but I, I was saying plot, in terms of the yeah in terms of the animation and yeah. the way it was and this is a, another contrast with Anastasia is the scenes are locked well yeah okay yeah it's like they put thought into where things were going to be in that shot before they animated it and there was that weird thing where they're at the pond like what was that about that is a weird scene i remember everything that happened there it was (laughs) that that's a weird scene and then it ends on a really the part at the end of that where the flower the flower oh my gosh i completely forgot about that the flower dies because it looks into the toaster (laughs) no it's it it dies because it's alone yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh, what the hell? Yeah, and there's a strange, there's a really strange through line, and it, at least in my opinion, kind of redeems itself halfway through on this through line. But it, I thought it was really strange until it happened. These five characters seem to hate each other and being really mean to each other, especially to the blankie. Right? I think they're awful. There's the scene and where they won't, they won't snuggle with them. I right, mean, you figure the like scene, the toaster will be nice to them. No. Right. Mm-mm, and there's that scene with the flower where the toaster basically watches the flower wilt. Yeah, which is really dark. And then they get to the the scene later where they're in the where the blanket makes the tent, and the lamp asks the toaster, "Why are you suddenly being nice to the blanket?" And there's that back and forth about having a feeling inside. And I was like, "Man, was this in, like was all that stuff earlier intentional then?" It's a really weird conversation, and it and it's unlike anything I've seen in an animated film. And it's another early hint at what Pixar would later do. Yeah. Except, admittedly, do it a lot better in movies like Inside Out and Toy Story. But I just think it it was really fascinating to have 
that conversation where it actually addressed the bad behavior that we'd seen in the film much at that point. And then there's a scene where the lamp intentionally gets struck by lightning so it can save the others. I'll tell you the one moment I think I, I muttered under a swear under my breath because of how dark it seemed is when they all get sucked down into the, I guess, quicksand. Yeah, into the quicksand. Oh, yeah. And the, and the blankies going, he's like, I'm not afraid. And then he just, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> well, anyway, I think we should grade this. Um, Brian, what would you grade the Brave Little Toaster? I'll give it a C. Okay, Steve. Uh, I'm actually also going to give it a C, probably for different reasons than Brian. I don't think it's very good, <laughs> but uh, even I, I, when you agree with him, you disagree. With yeah, him. I just it does things that I that had never been done in a kids movie before, and partly because they weren't thinking of it as a kids movie, but that literally set the template for Pixar and what they did and how they changed animated film. So I got to give it some credit for that. Hey, Nate. D. Kevin. I was going to give it a D, but if Nate gave it a D, I think I might give it an F. <laughs> no, I'm going to give it a D. You ruined the curve, Nate. Yeah. No, I, I don't think it's an F, but it's as close as you can get to one without actually getting there in my book. Uh, screw you guys. I'm going to give it a B. <laughs> That's okay. No, Based on pure nostalgia, I would have been at a B. Um, and that would have been not even realizing how the the plot makes no sense at all. It makes no sense at all. Like I thought Beauty and the Beast had a weird problem with the time frame of everything, but this makes that one look nuanced. So, <laughs> but th- there's a there's a really to me interesting level of emotional complexity going on with these characters that I would not have given it credit for when I was a kid. Obviously. So, what's the overall grade for that? With two C's, a B, and two D's, it gets a C, a Cyclops. It's the exact same grading and spread as Anastasia. Wow. Okay, let's uh, add this to our flick chart. We're going to add the Brave Little Toaster to the 645 movies that we've already reviewed on this podcast. And the first film comes up against, I have not seen this movie. All right, the first movie the Brave Little Toaster comes up against is Hard Eight. Uh, hard eight. Hard eight. Hard eight. Yeah. Hard eight win. That's a, that's a good litmus. Yeah, hard eight's fine. It's kind of forgettable. Son of a. It did come up against Man of Steel. Yes. I told you. <laughs> what are you going to do? At least it's on the flick chart now. You have to choose Man of Steel, Tom. No, he doesn't. I don't it's think on, do. it, it's leave it as it is. It's on the flick chart. It could be in the middle now. Yeah. yeah. Man of Steel. Yeah. The Brave Little Toaster was added at 551. <laughs> nice. I like that. Nice and low. Can we at least do some movie questions so I can get something on this segment? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. movie sure. questions with this. Uh, oh, hey, this will be good. Uh, <laughs> Mary Kill or One Night Stand? Well, oh, let's no. explain the segment first. <laughs> I like the question, though. We're going to uh, do a little game with The Brave Little Toaster called... Uh, Questions out movies out of a hat, questions out of a lunchbox, something like that. That was correct. Yes. Where we pair some strange and random questions with the movie we're watching. All right, go ahead. Oh hey, perfect. This is a good one. Why is the Brave Little Toaster an example of everything wrong with America? Um actually this is a point that they make, this idea of um kind of like planned obsolescence where we make mm-hmm. things to deliberately break apart. Disposable right? economy. 
the disposable economy. Yeah, yeah sure. Mm-hmm. I think the Brave Latosta actually brings that up, where he doesn't want to bring the new things. He's like, the old things last longer. You know, nobody wants to fix anything anymore. They just want to throw it out and get something new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I got a radio tube. I'll just rip it out of a working radio. Yeah, when he already had some, like, in the case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he clearly walked past some. That's actually, that scene's actually a prototype for the scene in Sid's bedroom. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. So, mm-hmm. what movie is barely worse than The Brave Little Toaster? Ooh. Just barely worse than. Right. Anastasia? No. <laughs> Barely worse than. We're back. A dinosaur story? No. no. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, it has the dark elements to it, just like this does. We're so. back is below Anastasia. Yeah. And the Brave Little Toaster. Brave, yeah. Little, Brave Little Toaster is probably the worst animated movie that I could think of that, that we've done on the podcast. Oh, I think We're Back is worse. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> Curse you, Kevin. <laughs> has, any, has anybody seen Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars? I'll let you read the question. So we got a new question on this one. It says, make a drinking game based on this movie. So first thing, honestly, that popped into my head was as soon as you can spot something that is impossible by physical standards, electrical standards. You'd be drunk in the first five minutes. <laughs> Isn't that the idea of a drinking game? Kevin, yeah. it's about a toaster that's described as brave. <laughs> yeah, so it is brave to be so you, a toaster. Was it just when the, when the toaster threw herself into the grinding wheel that the whole brave part comes about? Because otherwise, everybody else was there going through the same shit he was. So, did everybody think the toaster was a girl? No. Yeah. It was voiced no, by a girl. No, but it's voiced by a woman. It was a girl. It's voiced by a woman. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, yeah. this time watching, rewatching it, I was like, oh, the toaster's a girl. But when I was a kid. Right. I didn't think, I thought the toaster was a little boy, little boy. you know. Right. It, well, it, it stop didn't... assigning gender based on your biases. <laughs> yeah, not all superheroes are men. I hope you've enjoyed listening to us here at Buried Cinema. Make sure you subscribe to one of the many platforms where you can find our show. You can find us at Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Pocket Cast. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Buried Cinema. If you'd like to contribute to help keep our show going, you can donate through BuriedCinema.com. For those that donate, we periodically give away prizes and allow you to suggest movies so you can make us watch anything you want. Thanks so much, and stay tuned for our next movie review. Should have paired Anastasia with like Battleship Potemkin or something. <laughs> I always confuse Battleship Potemkin with the Disney movie, so. <laughs> if I was picking Soviet era Russian films, I'd probably go with Ivan the Terrible. Sounds like a Disney movie. You, you could pick Ivan the Terrible, and I'll pick Bartok the Magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> Next time we're pair, well, we're pairing together in a couple of months. <laughs> um, the WTF would be the pairing, not the film. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is happening?